Green Team Academy podcast, episode 30, Longmont's Belonging Revolution, an interview with Dan Benavides. If you're ready to become an eco-leader in your community, then you're in the right place. I'm Joan Gregerson, and I work to help teams make a big impact fast. Don't forget to head over to greenteamacademy.com to get your very own Green Team Essentials. I put these together for you because this is exactly what I wished I had had when I was starting out. Join our fabulous community, download the free guide to 12 common but easily avoidable mistakes, and hop into our podcast discussion group. I can't wait to meet you there. And now, let's get started. So nice to be with everybody here again on the Green Team Academy podcast. And today we have a special guest with us. And we're going to be talking about the belonging revolution that was started by my guest and Mike Butler. We'll hear all more about that. But first, let me introduce Dan Benavides. Dan is a longtime Longmont resident who has served his community in many capacities, from mayor pro temp to board member of Teaching Peace, EcoCycle, and many other organizations. I met Dan back when I was in Longmont and trying to get something going around sustainability, and I heard that Dan had been active doing some projects around recycling with the Latino community and had a lot of connections. So I reached out to Dan and we have been friends ever since. We've been working on all these different things together. So thank you so much and welcome, Dan. Well, thank you very much for the introduction and just a pleasure being here with you today. It really is, Joan. Thanks a lot, Dan. I'm glad you made time for this. We're going to be talking about something called the Belonging Revolution that you guys started in Longmont, Colorado. So before we dive into that, tell us a little bit about Longmont and what brought you there. Okay, Longmont, Colorado is growing rapidly right now, and it is close to 100,000 people, if not. And I have been here since the 1960s. I came here to Longmont, Colorado a roundabout way, I got out of the Army in New Mexico and ended up working at the White Sands Missile Range and uh, ended up seeing there was a job opening at the Longmont Air Traffic Control Center, controlling aircraft over a 10-state area by the FAA, Federal Aviation Administration. So I bid on that job and I got it. So that's how I got here. And when I did get here, it was quite an interesting journey If you want, I'll describe quickly a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. Go for it. When I got to Longmont, I was married. I had my wife and two children. Well, one child at the time. A new one was just on its way. But anyway, when I got here, I went. I got to rent a place. So I went on the west side of Main Street in Longmont, Colorado. Nice homes here at that time. And the community is very small, about 15,000, about 15,000 people. Nice little place to rent right near the golf course. And I went up, and it was for rent sign. I offered, I said, I'd like to rent your place. He looked at me, and he says, no, we don't rent to people like you. I come to find out at that time, in the 60s, that there was a dividing line on west of Main Street and east of Main Street. East of Main Street was white Anglo 
basically was west of Main Street and people of color was east of Main Street. And that's the only place we could live. Wow. So it was very disappointing because I had a good job making good money and I started living on the east side of town. I eventually went back to the guy and said, give me a chance. Come on. I work at the FAA. I'm making good money. And he looked at me and said, I'm going to give you a chance. We'll see. And he did. And I became, as far as we can determine record-wise, the first Latino, first person of color, if you will, to have lived on the West, to begin living on the West side of Main Street in Walmart, Colorado. Now, those guys are no longer here, understandably. And so this is why I reached out to Dan, because I knew he had those roots going back in the community and knew the real, and that was part of when I was starting Sustainable Revolution Longmont, I wanted to make sure that that we weren't overlooking the people in the community that, just as that example shows, that often do get overlooked. And, and we were fortunate to have good representation from the Latino community, from the, the a lot of the connections you helped me make, like the uh, Casa well, de la Esperanza. Okay, yes. so let's, let's we could talk about all this stuff, but let's keep going on the, yes. um, the belonging revolution. So you and Police Chief Mike Butler had this idea about starting to do these walks in your community. And, and just for all of you green team people out there, just to give you a little bit of context, the reason that I wanted to bring Dan on is because you know, we, we live in this age where so much of our interactions are digital. And a lot of people, when they're starting some kind of team, whether it's in their neighborhood or school, faith community, workplace, they it's easy for you to get focused on all the technological aspects of that, of setting up a website and doing a newsletter and all you know, everything that you're going to want to do along those lines, which, you know, is great. And yeah, you want to do those. But to not lose sight of the fact that the beauty that when you are working on a community project like that, you have access to the most impactful way to work with people. And that is one-to-one conversations. And so that's what I want to drive home by, as we're talking about this belonging revolution. So, so tell us, how did it, how did this start this idea of you and the police chief taking walks in the community? Basically it started many, many years ago, nine, 10 years ago, Chief of Public Safety, Mike Butler, by the way, he was one of the top five police chiefs in the entire United States. He invited me to go talk and give lectures on the culture of the Latino Mexican people to all of the fire department, all his police officers. And I did that. I'd go there and have uh, seminars on the culture because Mike wanted his police officers and others to understand about the culture of the Latino population. And by the way, Longmont, Colorado has a population of about 30 to 33% Latino. Almost a third of our total population is Latino. And the majority of those are foreign-born Mexican. I I would go hold those classes. Then one time, before, for example, July of 2014, early July, it was a Sunday morning, and I get a call from Chief of Public Safety, Mike Butler. And he says, Dan, I want to start walking the neighborhoods. I want to go down directly to talk and meet the people one-on-one. Would you accompany me? 
He says, you're bilingual, you're Latino, and we're going to start in Latino neighborhoods. And I says, I'll be glad to, Mike. So we started in a predominantly Latino neighborhood the first walk. And then we started the next walk and the next walk, and that stuck. And the idea was we need to make the people feel they belong, especially those populations who really come from foreign countries maybe, not necessarily all, only them, don't be wrong, but a lot of the Latino population we have throughout the United States, by the way, come from foreign countries where the police are corrupt, the politicians are corrupt, they don't feel they belong. And so it's so important to say you belong, Longmont, Colorado, it's your home. So how does that work when you guys go out on a like a, a typical day? What happens? So we'll go out. I'll be walking. We'll be walking down the street. There'll be people outside working on their cars, working in the yard, standing out there. I'll go up to them and I says in Spanish, if they're Spanish speakers, they, oh, no. this is the chief of police of the city of Lomont. He'd like to meet you. And immediately their eyes brighten. Big. Ooh, here's the chief of police and basically thinking, what have I done wrong? I'm not <laughs> sure, but basically within their mind, you get their attention quickly. And then he steps up to them and he says, how are you? I'm the chief of police. Here's my card. He gives him his own personal card. So I want to know how you feel in Longmont. I interpret for him. And a conversation starts. And Michael tell them again, you belong here in Longmont. This is where you belong. And we go on and talk about that and where they came from, how they feel. And they're smiling from ear to ear pretty soon. They join in the conversation. Lots of times they invite us in their home to have food, you know, burritos, whatever. And that starts that way. And they talk to their neighbors. And then I make a photograph of that on my, yeah, my, my cell phone. And I take those and I send them pictures of that. So they can say, I know the chief of police to all their neighbors. And they'll say, yeah, right. And they can show that picture. Wow. <laughs> so important. Because then they really feel they belong. And then Mike Butler at the same time asks, we have a lot of issues here in Loma we would like you to help us with. Can you? Like mental health issues, people with the drugs, etc. We need your help. Will you do that? Many of them who speak only Spanish may not. Okay. It's not an issue if you're a resident, where you came from. Legal, illegal. You belong in Longmont, Colorado. And he'll get their phone numbers. They offer their phone numbers, everything. He says, yeah, we'll help you. He has a list, over a thousand now, that have volunteered as we walk the neighborhoods to be part of the city. That's incredible. How many neighborhoods or how many people? Do you have any idea? Yes, I, I'm not totally up on all the, deep, the numbers because Mike and his assistants at the Department of Public Safety keep those numbers, but it's over 200 and some neighborhoods we've already walked in and talked individually one-on-one -on -one with two to 3,000 people right down there in the neighborhood. That's amazing. And so how long, I'm sorry, so say again, how long have you been doing this? When did it start? I think We started our fifth year this last July of doing this every Sunday, weather permitting, and with some exceptions. And you think about commitment. I'm doing this because I should do it. We're not compensated for anything. It's what I should do for my Latino community, for our community. By the way, we don't only go into Latino communities. We go into other communities, the rich, the poor, everywhere. 
But in any rate, the reason I say that, you know, when the cops said, can you imagine the chief of police, not that he has anything else to do 24-7, commits <laughs> himself every Sunday to walk wow. down there. We have the lowest crime rate in the state of Colorado, Longmont, Colorado does. We have no gangs to speak of in Longmont. When we started this five, five years ago, it was quite a number of gangs. They're all gone now. And the people feel they belong. Now, we started the walks before Ferguson or those other police shooting thing that took place there. But all yeah. the national news. Mike didn't do it for that reason. He did it before. So we've had results coming back from all over the United States. We're going to do this where we're at, Chief. We're going to do this here. It's the right thing to do. And it is. So it really is. You guys really are starting a revolution. I believe so. You have to believe. You have to, like I get up some Sunday mornings, to be honest, and say, oh, boy, I'm tired. <laughs> After I come back from the walks, it's going to be okay. Now, I wind up a report about those walks with the photos, and they go all over the country. And we have the politicians walking with us, by the way, the mayors, the city council people, the county commissioners, congressmen, all types. And that's important because you've got to take the power to the people. They're not going to go to community organizations. They're not going to go to a community meeting. They don't do that. They have what I call a surround the wagons mentality. They don't trust anybody from where they came from. But after this, they start trusting. So we are taking the power down to them. They don't have to go to a city council meeting. They don't have to go to a community meeting. Here's the power, the powerful people right down there in their neighborhood, in their front door talking with them and saying, you belong. That's pretty cool. So you're saying that in addition to you and Mike Butler, that these other folks that are on city council or the mayor or county commissioner or um, representatives come out and, and walk with you. That's great. So you've set up a structure that, as you said, if, if those people want to to get into the community, they have a way to do it. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up because when the political types want to walk with us, I make it very clear to them this is not political. This has nothing to do with politics. You'll be introduced as the mayor or the congressman or a county commissioner, but you're here to bring the power to the people. No politics. I make that very clear. What kinds of things are you guys talking about then? Like if you're out, you're walking with somebody who obviously does have politics on their mind. What kinds of conversations are you having? What are what are people, if you ask somebody, how's it going in Longmont? What are the kinds of things that they're bringing up? Good, good. Yes, good question. I'll just introduce them as a county commissioner or the mayor. And then I'll say, and Mr. Mayor, do you have anything to say? Or Miss Mayor? And he'll say, yes. And before we start, I just tell him it's not political. I say, how do you like Longmont? Do you like it with us? And then I interpret for them, and then they come back. And they start a dialogue then with the mayors and them, not political at all. And I've had people in congressman's office walk with me, with us. But it's basically introducing them, which is unique in itself, because here again, the very power structures down there with the people, right down there in the people. 
And I like, yeah, that basic, that basic question of just saying, how do you like it here? And what can I do for you? Yeah, is there something you want to tell me about? Another example of that, too, is Mike Butler will ask the chief of police, have you ever had contact with the police? Have you had anything? Have they stopped you? Have you talked with them? Tell me about it. Was it good? Or the mayor, I'll have them ask him, have you ever belonged or done anything in our community? Or do you like the way we're running the city? They can start a dialogue right down in the neighborhood, in the hood, if you will, with the people. Yeah, I I don't think anybody has ever asked me that, so I'm sure that would be a, a really profound interaction, and so so simple. So, Dan, what would you say for people that are out there that want to start something like this in their community, whether it is around public safety or maybe it's around the environment or getting recycling or composting going or any kind of initiative where they want to take your same model of walking in the community? What would you what advice would you give people? Good question. And I've given that some thought because I've been a firm believer that you have to take it to the people down there in their neighborhood, down there in their hood. Good example of that, I happen to be a vice president of, a, of an organization that I've been involved with for a long time called EcoCycle for Recycling. And we got the recycling going within our Latino community by going right down, to, in this case, it was Casa Esperanza, and we, we brought food there, had food with them. We invited the people to come in to meet the mayor, to meet this and all that. Talk to them about recycling. We measured before in a 10 square block area. There was hardly any recycling going on in the Latino neighborhood. After we did our outreach, we went right down to the people, inviting them in, having food there with them, everything else. Nothing, they don't have to sign up or anything. Recycling increased 130% within three months. Wow. Go to the people with that mentality. And when you're going to walk, you go down in their neighborhood. You don't go out and say, we're going to have a community meeting. We're going to meet at the community center. Please, we'd like to have you there and, and all that. No, you go down to where they're at. And you got to think of that. Pick out a neighborhood. We're going to go down there. We're going to talk to the people. We're going where they're at. We're not going to ask them to come where we're at. That's great advice. So I would think the other part of it is just do it. Just do it. <laughs> the and way that, that you said that, that Mike called and said, let's go on walks together. And you said, okay. And then you just started doing it. That's it. So let's so just go figure out where you want to go and and then just go and your, your only agenda is something very simple, like you guys have a simple message that you belong here and how's it going and just having a, a conversation. And that that really demonstrates the thing that I'm so passionate about is getting people to have one-to-one conversations and in their neighborhoods, in their schools, faith communities, whatever it is, that having those one-to-one conversations is going to be the thing that really makes those deep connections. You can send as many email newsletters as you want, but if you don't have that connection, then it's limited in what you can do. Consider the fact that in a lot of our communities throughout the United States, 
there's a large population of minority people who basically don't go to these meetings. They feel disenfranchised. And you're going right down in that population group and saying, you belong. You belong. And oh my, it works. They feel they belong. It's a very simple and powerful message. Okay. And so for people to find out more about what you're doing, I'm going to leave a couple links in the show notes. So one is to a website, belongingrevolution.com, and you can get some basic information right there. And that's something that gets updated once in a while. That's, I think, a good place to start. You'll see some of the stories from some of the walks, and you can expect more updates there over time. And then I will also, Dan also offered to leave his email address. So if anybody wants to get on the invite for for joining a walk there in Longmont or for getting the notes, they put together notes about how the walk went. You can read about some of these also on that belongingrevolution.com, but you'll see notes from Dan's perspective. You'll see notes from Mike Butler's perspective. And when you, some of the other folks that walk with them will also do their notes. So it's, and it's fascinating to see each person was on the walk together, but they each got something different out of it that was meaningful to them. Thank you so much, Dan, for joining me today. This is a real gift to have this idea and to share this out with our green team. So thanks a lot for for spending time and for sharing this idea and for all the work that you do in the community. Well, thank you very much for having me. And always we must think together that together, si se puede. Si se puede. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Awesome. All right. Thanks a lot, Dan. Thank you. You, my friend, are doing such important work. Caring about the planet and trying to figure out how to make an impact fast. You're exactly the kind of person that our world needs more of. To make sure that you're not wasting your precious time or energy, make sure you head over to greenteamacademy.com. Check out the expert trainings that are available and get your green team essentials so you'll get the support you need. Thank you for everything you're doing and I'll see you right back here next time on the Green Team Academy podcast. Mm -hmm.